Good morning, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky tucked away here under the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Wednesday, November the 22nd, 2023, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving Eve, everyone. I hope uh, you are like uh, me and my family, getting ready to just enjoy some great family time. Uh, Thanksgiving, I love Thanksgiving because we, we just have some traditions, and usually everything, of course, shuts down on Thanksgiving Day. But even Friday, while many people are out shopping and uh, spending money, uh, we're just kind of hanging out around the house, playing games. Uh, uh, it's just a great time, and we've got some family coming in. So uh, just wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And of course, it's Wednesday, so that means it's time for our world events update with Grandpa Randy. And uh, so we're excited to have Grandpa on. I'll bring him on in just a moment. And by the way, we are, uh, for the first time, going to be po posting the video version of this podcast for our premier subscribers. So everybody, of course, listens to the audio podcast. We make all of our audio and conference messages and Sunday messages and things like that. Other videos that I do with other TV and radio stations. We make that available to everybody. It's always free. But as you know by now, we do have a premier subscription uh, option on our online store. And uh, that a small monthly fee gets you some extra content. And uh, Randy said, hey, why don't we post this today to our premier member? So he's going to be uh, maybe showing a couple of things as he dialogues that would be helpful for those of you that want to watch it. Uh, and you can sign up for that at our online store. You can cancel at any time, small monthly fee, or I think there's an annual fee option. But in either case, you can cancel at any time. But lots of great resources out there, early access to some of the things that we produce, uh, free documents. And of course, the big thing is about every two to three weeks, we do a premier subscriber only Zoom session where everyone's invited to come in live and ask questions. And um, we've got some guests upcoming on those premier sessions that uh, I'm not at liberty to say who they are, but I've already reached out to them and they've agreed. So we're just looking at a date uh, and it'll give you a chance not only to ask me questions, but to ask some of our guests uh, questions, including uh, Grandpa here. So Grandpa Randy's going to join <laughs> us in just a moment. Uh but uh wanted to just share a, a passage of scripture with you. Uh, by the way, a couple of quick announcements, notbyworks.org. Always like to mention that. We pick up new listeners all the time, but that's our one-stop place for all of our resources, podcasts, videos, devotionals, announcements, uh, speaking schedule, notbyworks.org. And uh, of course, we've got some great podcasts already this holiday week. Uh, we had Shane on on Monday to talk about, is technology out of control? Yesterday, my good friend Brad Maston and I discussed, can we trust the Bible we hold in our hands? Uh, tomorrow, we've got a special Thanksgiving Day uh, podcast, a shorter podcast. A dear friend of mine, uh, Pastor Paul Van Noy from Candlelight Church up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, he and I talked about a grateful heart and uh, shared things that we are thankful for. And I know you'll enjoy that uh, discussion, and that's uh, it'll be posted first thing tomorrow morning. And then on Friday this week, we got Mondo Gonzalez back on talking about exposing the false prophet. But I wanted to look at Proverbs chapter 22, and there's about five verses here that just jumped off the page at me this morning as I was reading. It starts in verse 17, and the Bible says, Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply your heart to my knowledge, for it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed upon your lips, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even 
you. And, you know, as I thought about just that part of it, it's just amazing to me what comfort we can find in the Word of God. And it really is a pleasant thing, and it, it deepens our trust in the Lord. And at a time like this in our world where so many things are happening, setting the stage for the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, so many unsettling things in the economy and uh, global affairs, the wars with Israel, uh, just the evil that is uh, intensifying in these great last days of deception. It is so nice to know that we have a rock on which to stand. And I, I hope that you do spend regular time in the Word of God. And one of the things we always try to do with our podcast here at NBW Ministries is look to the Word of God. You know, we have a variety of guests on, we talk about a variety of topics, often centered around the theme of Bible prophecy and the urgency of the hour, but not always. You know, as I mentioned yesterday, we had Brad Maston on talking about uh, the trustworthiness of God's Word, the Bible. Uh, but either way, uh, we want to encourage you to trust in the Lord. It, it, it closes out this little section in Proverbs 22 with, have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge? So not only is God's Word pleasant, but it's excellent and it gives us counsel and increases our knowledge, that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you. So in other words, when there's so much out there that is false, so much false information on the internet, uh, so much uh, misinformation, intentional lies, it is through the grid of the Word of God that we can know the certainty of the words of truth, and then we can uh, pass on that truth, namely, the good news about Jesus Christ uh, to others when they send it to us or inquire of us there is uh, is the idea. So I tell you what, uh, before I bring Randy on, just want to remind you, since I mentioned the gospel, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, now more than ever, you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again to pay your personal penalty for sins. That is the good news. The bad news is self-evident. We're in a lot of trouble. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. Apart from the saving grace of Jesus Christ, we would spend eternity in a literal place of torment called hell. But because Jesus paid the penalty on our behalf, we can receive from him the free gift of eternal life by simply trusting him for it. Hope you put your trust in the Lord today. Well, Randy, uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we've had a chance to visit a little bit uh, offline, uh, spent some time last night fellowshipping over dinner. It's so great to see you. We don't get to do that enough. But thanks for your friendship, and thanks for your time here on the program. Well, I thoroughly enjoy this. And now that we have the visual, I can have some fun. <laughs> because there are a lot of things I'd like to show people, but I can't. So now for you that want to picture Grandpa Randy, I don't have a pipe. Here are my glasses. Here's my flannel. Here's my cigar. <laughs> Now, that's a visual for you for the rest of the day. Hopefully, it makes you smile and have some fun. And that way you can, you know, we're not serious all of the time. But <laughs> the first thing, you know, I want to I show you some of the tools that I use because people go, how do you know this? How do you find this out? Well, if you looked at my office, you would understand it is the biggest mess of anything I've ever seen at certain times. But I'm going to show you a couple of things, and this is not an infomercial or any brand, any product, or anything else. It's just what I use. Now, like Pastor said, if you remember the premium channel, you'll get to see this stuff. The other ones don't. You know, if you want to do a Zoom or something, sometime I can show you the same thing. But we talk about radiation detectors, okay? This is the one that I have on at all times, okay? Now, it has four different readings, and basically, it's very simple. I keep it on the simplest reading, 
because that way I know what it's saying. And basically, it will give you in counts per minute. Um, um, I don't know. There's three other things. So if you're really into it, you want some more detail, you can get it. Those are about 100 bucks. But you put it beside you and you can monitor radiation just like the government does. Now, I find this really valuable because where I live, we have an old uranium mine. And when the wind is blowing the right direction, it really causes a storm of radiation. Uh, something like this, it's very simple. It tells you basically between 1 and, 1 and 25, I believe, counts per minute, you're good. 25 to 40, need to start paying attention. When you hit 50s, 60s, 70s, or above, it says get out of the area. From what I can see, it's very accurate. Uh, gives you the information you want, and it does a nice job. All right. Many people don't understand water treatment for the upcoming whatever you want to call it. But this is something you can get. I want to see if I can get it there. These are just treatment tablets. These are iodine. They make them in chlorine. Uh, they make different products, but make sure that you know what you're buying because I have a friend who was excited about this, but she's allergic to iodine. So she can't use it. So make sure you've got something beforehand that you have right there that you can use. All right. I talk about cyber attacks. Let me show you exactly what I use. This will give you every country in the world. And it is very, very accurate. But as you can see, this brings up all of the cyber attacks going on all over the world. You can plug in wherever you want to, whatever country, and you can see that it gets quite active. Sometimes there's not much going on, but this is all stuff that the general public can buy. So if you want to keep track of it, you can get flight radar. They're going to charge you for this stuff, but then you can watch it and you don't have to wait every week for us. Now, we're going to debunk some myths this morning. All right. I've heard this blue this, the lasers on Lahaina. Everybody says, well, they won't, you know, they're, they're not effective against blue paint. All right, let me show you something. This is an actual laser that I use for sighting on my handgun. All right, there's no heat, there's nothing there. It's just a laser. So if you are the general public, you're not going to get anything that's dangerous. I can promise you that. If they say it is, don't believe it. Now, I researched last night after I got home from supper. I looked at the government. I looked at private enterprise, etc. Any laser that is capable of damage is not affected by the color of paint, the type of texture, or anything else. They will burn through anything. So when you watch this stuff in Lahaina, and they're going, well, why all these blue cars and blue roofs? makes no difference. If there was an actual laser used, it would have worked against them. Now, we'll give you one clue on the blue roofs. More than likely, since they have to import everything, that is the only color blue roof, metal roof, that was available at the time. Now, I've worked in insurance 41 years, and I remember after Katrina, if you had an asphalt shingle, you could get two colors, 
really ugly pink or an uglier green for like five months. So just because they have blue roofs over there, it's not going to prevent anything. Hmm. So remember, they're going to use a laser on you with malcontent and intent of injuring you, disabling you. I don't care if you're a blue car with mirrors and you've got a clown face. Makes no difference. All right. What if, what if you put a big MAGA poster on the top of your roof? Will that deter? Then they, at then all? They, well, they switch to a 30 out six then. <laughs> Go from laser to firearm. That oh, might actually yeah. make you our target. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Then we use then we don't use lasers. They actually use the stuff that goes boom. But anyway, so you can see the radiation detectors, how you can set them up. I don't care what you buy, but you should have one for the aftermath because it will alert you if it's safe to go out. The water treatment, the uh, potassium iodide for certain types of radiation. If you want to look at the uh, cyber attacks, it's all out there for you if you want it. You get it, you learn how to use it, and it makes for some really great information if the grid ever goes down. If we're out of communications, you will still be able to get all the information you need. So just something, if I can show you stuff like that, it's easier than me just talking about it. Because sometimes people are more visual than they are just the spoken word. So that kind of gives you an idea. And if you need more of, um, you know, more time to look at it or something, let me know. You've all got my email, obviously. And um, we can send it to you. Now, getting started on what we normally go through. All right. There have been some big changes overnight, and I'll just start with a couple of those because um, they're very important. We've all heard of Sam Altman at ChatGPT going over to Microsoft because they basically had different visions of where the company was going, what the company was to do, et cetera. So all of the employees, well, most of the employees at ChatGPT were going to go to Microsoft also. Overnight, Mr. Altman has evidently got a nice raise or something because he now has his old job back. So whatever was planned, whatever he was thinking about, he's back in his old job. So I don't know what all that was about, but that would be a good thing to ask Shane next time. Yeah, yeah and one thing I saw um, in an article, and I think I sent these to you, was there was some fellow there that was part of the board that voted for his ouster, but then later regretted it and said he regretted his decision. So I don't know. There was some kind of power play going on behind the scenes. It's never about what it's about. You never know what you think, you know, even people that read stuff on the internet think they know something and they really don't know the facts of the matter. And so, uh, you know, all I know is, uh, as I mentioned with our discussion with Shane on uh, Monday, you know, uh, uh, open AI has been essentially a proxy of, of Microsoft since its inception, because Microsoft is the primary funder, uh, provided the, most of the funding for them. So really, for Sam Altman, it might have been a, a, a change in office, uh, but it's he's still going to be interacting with the same uh, same people. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's something's probably a lot bigger and more sinister at play there. I would imagine, because it looked like a consolidation of companies' power, stuff like that, which would make total sense. But then all of a sudden, it turns around and it's something else. And, and that leads me to explain that a lot of times what you and I talk about, it's old news by the time we actually get to talk about it, or it changed while we were having the program. And when it changes that fast, we can give you the best information we have. But I mean, this stuff is fluid. It changes so fast. It's amazing. Um, we're going to go into some of the other stuff going on now. Uh, another big change 
Israel and Hamas, Gaza area, are going to have a four-day, five-day uh, lull in fighting while they have a hostage exchange. Now, the Israelis are going to get 50 back, and they're giving 300 to Hamas, which I've never figured out how they do the numbers. I'd make it an even number. But remember, Hamas is giving up children and women. Anybody in a uniform or any male, they're not going to be returning to Israel. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you there's a lot of them, and they're holding them for future releases and negotiations, or they could possibly be all dead. Hmm. I mean, you have to consider that because military and police, I understand they're not going to give them up. Uh, but males, why why not give some of them up too since – you know, it's a little offsided as far as numbers. Evidently, doesn't matter. Now, some of us that have been talking are going, it feels like there is a lull going on right now. Let me assure you, there is no lull. Overnight and from yesterday afternoon, the Israelis have now moved 100,000 troops to the Lebanon border. So if anybody thought they were going to stay in Gaza, if anybody thought this war was over, it looks to me like as soon as they get whatever hostages they can get, we're going to go into a deeper war than what we're what we're in right now. We have talked about the Samson option, which is basically they will use nuclear weapons against all of their opponents if it gets down to that. I will tell you right now, the components of the Samson system are basically They've been initiated. All they have to do is get the fire order, and that will take place, and that will leave craters in a lot of places. I hope they don't go to that. I don't expect them to go to that. But the Israelis, they're, they're not taking chances, and they're not kidding. They're in this for the long run because, as they said, we're by ourselves. We have to survive because we have nowhere to go. And they are right on the money. They are where they are. So I think after Thanksgiving, we're going to see a massive ex escalation, not only in the um, you know, Israeli, Iraq, Syria area, also in Russia, because they're getting ready to move also. Yeah. The Russians are moving on Odessa, as we talked. They have a huge army behind them with everything they're going to need. Russia is self-sufficient in that they have all the products to make their weapons. They have food. They have oil. They have money. Now, they run out of munitions once in a while with the North Koreans, and the um, Iranians are more than happy to resupply those. And I think they just got another million rounds of ammunition in, and so they're sitting they can start this anytime they want, and it'll go all the way through the winter. But I think I think Zelensky is understanding that it's done. Um, people from NATO, people from the U.S. have basically told him the war is over. We have no more money for you. We have no more weapon stockpiles because we're empty. And listening to Zelensky the other day, he said, we counted on America, but now their warehouses are empty. Well, the enemy didn't need to know that for crying out loud, but he's exactly right. Um, we're not set to run one war, much less two or three. So while the Russians are moving towards the Baltic states, 
They're also moving on Odessa in that area. Also remember the million men that they had available for the um, onslaught. They're keeping about a half a million back to the east. Now, I don't know if they're planning on sending them to the south in case Iran and Turkey get involved, but they may be. Turkey, we've talked about Turkey since I think February. They were in NATO. They were a little shaky, but now they're basically, they're still in NATO, but they have declared war basically on Israel, saying they should be wiped off the face of the earth, and they're doing everything they can to perpetuate that. Mm. Now, the bad thing is they have a large Navy. They have a large Army. They have a very capable Air Force. They're probably one of the top two or three in the Mideast. Um we have our nuclear weapons stored there at Inserlik at the air base, very large air base. And I don't know if we've gotten those out of there yet, but I would suggest it. Yesterday, I found out that Turkey, basically, they've got a hundred ship armada, military ships. They have sent, they have gone through the Bosphorus. They're going out and around to the Mediterranean, but they also have another 900 little ships that are privately owned that are basically going to be used to assist them. And these are just, you know, somebody that decided they didn't have anything better to do for Thanksgiving weekend. So this thousand ships are moving towards the U.S. fleet. Now, everybody says, so what? What are they going to do? When you put another thousand ships in an area that small, you're going to cause big problems trying. If, if a fight breaks out, you don't want to take innocent civilians. And I got to tell you what, with the destroyers, the cruisers, the aircraft carriers, how are you going to be able to single out the military objective with that many more people there? It's going to be a mess. And then you have to worry about, it looked like private little boats, little dinghies, fishing trawlers, whatever. But what do they actually contain? They may have weapons there that are as dangerous as any of the military weapons. They could slip in closely cause major damage. If you remember the USS Cole years ago, it was just a small boat that sidled up to the side of that destroyer, cruiser, whatever it was. All of a sudden they detonated and there were a lot of Americans killed and there was a huge hole in the side of the ship and it was out of commission for two years. So if you've got a thousand boats coming at you like that. How do you select the target? It's going to be very difficult. And the more I look at this, we have 71 ships in the Mediterranean that are American. Uh, they're getting closer and closer to the shore. I looked at the placement of the carriers and everything else over in the Red Sea, Gulf of Oman, and around the Strait of Hormuz. They're suckering us in there. When those ships get so close, the Iranians, and Hezbollah have anti-ship missiles that they would be able to deliver a volley so fast, so large, we wouldn't be able to fight them off. Basically, they could take out the U.S. fleet in an hour or two. Yeah. The ones that are over by China, China has the same type of weapons. They could take out that part of the fleet. If you take out the U.S. fleet, we don't have a standing army that we could put there, get there. Uh, we'd have to go to aircraft. And let's face it, you can't win a war by bombing an area. It's a good way to soften it up. But there has never been a war that I know of 
that has been settled and come to an end, conclusion, by aircraft alone. We would be left powerless, basically. Yeah, let me let me emphasize a couple of the things that, that you've said that I, I just really want to highlight and, and <clears throat> make sure people understand the significance of it. First of all, you started out this segment by talking about how things are not necessarily cooling off. I remember when I got the email uh, just recently, the headline uh, that the peace, uh, they were going to do a temporary peace uh, treaty to exchange hostages. I thought, hmm, I wonder if this thing's going to simmer down. Uh, and I was reminded of some things I've talked about before uh, for, for quite some time now on this program, and, and that is the whole concept of abnormalcy bias, where we, we have to keep our our balance in interpreting what's going on. On the one extreme, things happen and we think the world's going to come to an end tomorrow. That's the abnormalcy bias. Those of us that are awake to the way things really work, you know, we hear things and we think, wow, this is the end, right? And and we've wrestled with that, as have has every commentator, uh, going all the way back to the Russia-Ukraine war. Based on the intel and the data, people thought uh, that Russia was going to wipe them out in a matter of days or weeks. Same thing when October 7th rolled around. Everybody thought, wow, this before we know it, we're going to be in the midst of Gog and Magog, and the rapture is going to happen, and Christ is going to come back. Well, certainly, as Randy has said many times, that could happen. It could always happen. It's a the doctrine of imminency in, in Scripture. But we always want to just take a breath, remain calm, and do our best to interpret uh, things uh, in you know, in real time without falling prey to that abnormalcy bias where we think the sky is falling. And that's why preparedness is so critical, which you know we've talked a lot about with Randy a lot on this uh, program, because it, it causes you not to panic. You know, you can go, okay, well, this is the next phase. Maybe maybe it's going to escalate quickly. Uh, and uh, certainly that's always a threat. Um, but either way, we're, we're ready. And then the other thing I, I wanted to mention, oh, by the way, you mentioned the USS Cole. I remember that very vividly, her, horrific attack, uh, tragic attack. But I've always wondered why the, uh, the the terrorists didn't just fly planes into the USS Cole. Then it would have melted and sunk to the bottom of the sea at free fall speed, kind of like they did with the uh, buildings on 9-11. Uh, anyway, a little bit of uh, sarcasm there. Um, so, uh, but the last thing I want to mention is you're, you're hearing a lot of chatter out there in the Bible prophecy movement from people who are growing more and more adamant that Israel is, uh, there are no bad uh, actors within Israel or connected to Israel in their government, that Israel can do no wrong. They are absolutely perfectly free. They're all a bunch of godly saints who would never conspire with anybody in the Luciferian uh, conspiracy, the Luciferian agenda. And, uh, you know, I talked about this early on, but, you know, uh, I, I think it's worth repeating that every nation on earth, however democratic, however good, uh, however patriotic, uh, however, however committed to providing for its people, has rogue elements within it that are somehow beholden to the Luciferian elite that are trying to usher in a one-world system. Uh, because you point that out, it does not make you un-American, for example, to say that, yeah, there's some bad people in Washington, D.C. that, you know, are conspiring with some Satanists that are pulling the strings of world power. It doesn't make you un-American, nor does it make you anti-Semitic to point out that, yeah, there could be some rogue elements within Israel. And, and, and I don't, it doesn't bother me if people don't uh, agree with that or, or aren't capable of kind of accepting what is, you know, a, a fact. Uh, but what bothers me is when they take the next step and say that anybody who suggests otherwise 
is absolutely bad and you shouldn't listen to them. Well, that's mm-hmm. that crosses a line to me, and it's naive, honestly. Um, I'm not suggesting that I have a list of names or you know who's good, who's bad. I, I've talked about Netanyahu a lot. There are all kinds of evidence that he is uh, connected with some pretty bad cats like uh, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, some of the global elites that he's you know he's not by any means always looking out for his people. He sold the, the data from the Israelis uh, to the big pharma, and he and he forced 99.9 percent of the people in Israel. I think the number is to take the the death jab so you know uh, I, I you know other than him i really haven't mentioned anybody and i don't even know i'm just saying philosophically hypothetically it, it is certainly uh likely that there are rogue elements within every government across the planet and to uni- uniformly say absolutely not this one government is made up of nothing of saint but uh, nothing but saints i think is embarrassingly naive. So just be aware that that's, that sort of tenor is out there. And a lot of it is because I believe they're fomenting, they, the powers that be, are fomenting this divide to basically, you know, make people choose sides and and gin up civil unrest um, and, and just, uh, you know, make you think that if you say anything nice about an Arab, then you're a Hamas terrorist. And if you say anything constructive about Israel, then you're anti-Semitic. And that's just... Uh, it's sad that some otherwise uh, pretty awesome Bible prophecy commentators have fallen into that trap and aren't able to nuance the reality of what's happening in our world today. So just wanted to throw that out there. Well, I have to agree with you totally because I keep hearing from people how wonderful Netanyahu is, how wonderful um, people like Donald Trump are. I'm going to tell you what. Netanyahu in 2004 gave a speech to his people, said he would melt the United States for every dime he could. Now, you can go back and listen to that if you want to. Um, It's there and it's a fact. He was also under indictment for bribery and money laundering. But since he got back into government, he's been trying to reduce the powers of the Supreme Court. Now, he's okay for now because they're not pursuing that. But if he's under indictment for that, just like Trump, under indictment for all of this, I don't believe for one minute that they're totally innocent. I believe a lot of it's made up. I believe it, the narrative is out there to try to destroy them. But you you really have to use discernment when you're looking at these people, because if you're looking for, well, if you're looking for the Lone Ranger, he died. Okay, so did Tonto. So forget it. Okay, the good guys are gone. Um, you know, it's like, Putin. Putin, I think, is very nuanced. I think he is very reasonable. He's very smart. He he talks a good game, just like Xi Jinping. All right. Putin says, well, we're not doing anything. But then we find out, you know, he's making a massive drone attack on Kiev. He's still fighting down with the Odessa area. And then he wants to do a nuclear test over the Antarctic. Now, Somebody tell me where that makes sense. Over the Antarctic, for crying out loud. How, how big of a weapon is he going to use? I mean, you're going to have snow melt. You're going to have pollution. It's going to hit four corners of the earth. I mean, somebody's not, not, not thinking. Not to mention all the poor Yeti that would probably be destroyed by such an action. Well, and you know, those spaceports that we hear about, you know, those. I got to tell you what, the little aliens might not like it. They might fight back. I don't know. You know, I also heard yesterday that in the Ukraine, basically the military now is older people, my age, 
JB's age. Grandpa's. Basically grandpa's. grandpa's. Yeah. And a lot of women, doesn't matter if they're pregnant, doesn't matter if they can't get around. I saw one lady that was in a formation in a wheelchair. Now, I don't know what they're planning on having her doing, but they're getting desperate. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Putin's been kind of laying back. He's letting the United States get involved in the Middle East, but he's still moving. He's still doing things. I keep getting questions. Is he Gog? I don't know. He's got, he's got the attributes for it. But timing? I don't know. I don't know if he's going to live. If he dies. So who knows? When Russia moves south, we'll know. Yeah. We'll know really well. All right. Our friends in China, they keep indicting all of their scientists, bringing other scientists back. All of their foreign ministers seem to be replaced on a whim. So you have to wonder what what is really going on. So I did a little bit more research on his meeting in the United States after his meeting with Biden and the other group. Um, all of the private sector people, they had got to have lunch or supper with him, dinner, if you prefer, paid $40,000 a piece to sit at that table. For the privilege to be there, they paid $40,000. Mr. Biden also arranged on the route from where Mr. Jinping got off of the airplane and went into the meeting, all the American flags were removed. The only flag that was standing was the Chinese flag. Now, why would you do that, right? That makes no sense to me at all, except you're trying to impress somebody. The thing is with Xi Jinping, he needs to understand he's a player on the world stage, but he's not the only one. He's not a superpower. He just cannot snap his fingers and things happen. But Biden is so so much looking for an out from where's he where he's at right now that um, he's doing anything. And then, of course, with Xi Jinping leaving, Biden is interviewed by a group of reporters, and he calls him a dictator. <laughs> now, if you want to see how that affected people, you can go back where they were filming this as he said that. And watch Anthony Blinken when he says that. There's a wince there that you're going, oh, yeah, somebody, made, somebody blew it. He made Blinken blink, that's for sure. But you know what the Bible says, out of the mouth of babes and senile people. So apparently he was just speaking the truth. Um, but I want to ask you a question about China, because you know all of our focus right now is on the Middle East and on uh, Russia and Ukraine. And, but we have quite a presence in the South China Sea, of course. Uh, but a lot of people are wondering, is is all of this just a head fake? And uh, is China going to end up making a move against the United States? And I ask that in the context of uh, that, um, not Siri, but Alexa uh, question that's out there. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, Wendy and I were just looking at it yesterday. I'm sure it's probably just some programmer having a little fun and sort of doing stuff tongue in cheek. You know, programmers like to do that kind of thing. But if you ask Alexa, you know, something, I don't remember the exact uh, 
question, but something to the effect of who's going to win the 2024 election. Alexa says there's not going to be one because China is going to come in with all of their supercells that are in our country and, you know, energize them and take over the country. And we're going to be in World War Three, something to that effect. Uh, again, probably just a hoax. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've I've heard it myself. So I don't know. It just just enough out there to make you wonder, is this misinformation or are we all blind to what's really uh, happening when it comes to China? Well, China definitely in the future is going to be our biggest adversary. There's no doubt about it. All those people, that economy, look at it like this. We have 11 or 12 carriers, depending how you count them. All of the ones that are not in repair are now at sea. That hasn't happened in a long time. All of our nuclear submarines are now at sea. They are either in the Mediterranean in that area or they're over in the South China Sea, Philippine Sea in that area. Um, China is presented with some problems. If they attack Taiwan, because we have basically militarized that island, that there is, there's a weapon everywhere, they would probably be able to take it over but what they would lose in the meantime would be substantial. I do know that the chip manufacturers have everything in line to be destroyed first time a move is made against them. Those buildings, that equipment will cease to exist. So if they're moving over for that, they may as well forget it. I know that Taiwan has a huge amount of gold there. That's something that China could use also. And then we have the biggest problem where China, mainland China believes that Taiwan is part of China, just like they did with Hong Kong and everything else. Now, there were plans to have Taiwan absorbed by 2049. All of a sudden, they stepped that up. And one of the first things we talked about about a year ago is Xi Jinping said Taiwan will be part of the mainland within 18 months. Now, everybody's out there going, oh, they're not going to do anything. Well, he hasn't changed his mind. He is going to take that island one way or another. I think as soon as everything is really going in the Middle East and in Russia, Europe, I think he'll make his move. I really do. Now, what is he going to gain? Uh, there will be millions die because the U.S. 7th Fleet is there. They have 59 ships there. They have submarines there, um, a large air complement. There are going to be a lot of people dying unless, of course, we just step back and let them do it. Now, that's one of the things I was curious when Xi Jinping was over here talking to Biden. What did he give up? What was the conversation? I can see him telling Xi Jinping, you, you stay out of the Middle East and out of Europe. And whatever you do with Taiwan, we're just kind of going to ignore it. And I believe that's a, a real possibility. Uh, in the research in the last couple of weeks, I have found that China has 10 times as much gold as they said they did. Hmm. Now, what difference does that make? The BRICS nations are going to increase quite a bit around January 1st. They're going to be a very large entity. Uh, they're working towards that goal. They're quite successful, to be honest. They will control 80% of the oil in the world, 60% of the gold in the world, uh, medications, rare earths, etc. So basically, Xi Jinping 
Netanyahu, some of the European leaders, and Biden all have this problem. They have an economic problem that's going south on them very quickly. All of these countries are going down. Their economies are starting to fail. So what is going to be the cure? Well, if you look back over history and you look for the reserve currencies, you see that there was always a war that was instituted where a change took place into another currency. So to go from the U.S. currency to the BRICS currency, having a war, that being accomplished would be very normal. I mean, there are a lot of people that you can hear on podcasts and on YouTube that say the same thing. So I think basically the BRICS nations had a big meeting yesterday. We don't know yet what come out of that. We know that there were a bunch of these same nations that went to meet with Lavrov and Putin right after that meeting. So the question is, what did they decide? What are they planning on doing? Right now, gas is low here in the United States. You can get all the food you want. You still buy toys for your kids. But I think that's going to change in the next few weeks. Right after Christmas would really, really worry me. Yeah, I mean, the economy, as I've been saying for years, literally is on life support. I talked about it way back in 2012 in my first book on all of this uh, type of thing. And uh, it's just a matter of when they pull the plug. I don't think uh, that it's I think there's higher powers in control. It doesn't mean it might not collapse on its own, just, you know, and surprise all of the Luciferians. But uh, more than likely, they're just waiting for the the opportune time from their agenda uh, to crash the U.S. economy. Uh, But uh, I would encourage people when you when you see the moves with gold, that's significant because gold is God's money. I mean, gold is is, uh, you know, has inherent value. It's created by God. It's not something manufactured by man. It's not created out of fiat. It's it has real value. And so uh, I think when whatever they are planning happens and we see sort of an end of the world as we know it scenario, as we get ready for the one world system that the Bible plainly teaches is going to happen. I think gold and silver are going to reemerge as kind of the means of exchange uh, that everybody uh, uses. And I encourage you to check out the chapter in my book about the history of the the U.S. monetary system. Uh, The chapter is called Now You See It, Now You Don't in my latest book, Spirit of the False Prophet. Uh, If you want to kind of learn more about that, a lot of great information in there. We cite some experts uh, in that chapter that kind of give you a kind of a framework for understanding how money really works. But you can check that out at spiritofthefalseprofit.org. Yes. Now, back to San Francisco. I found it was very interesting that we have the Chinese flags along his motor route, and they had all these demonstrators against the Palestinians, against the Americans. Every one of those individuals was paid 200 bucks a day to be there. Mm. So, you know, you can't believe what you're seeing. There's always a reason. Um, China's not admitting it yet, but I found out that they've got a new strain of COVID that is extremely dangerous. And I would imagine that we'll have that exported to us in the next few months. Hmm. So here comes COVID. We don't know if it's going to be real or manufactured. Tuberculosis, um, Ebola. I mean, there's so many things coming. And I will promise you some of them are going to get here. and We're going to have another shutdown just like we had before. This one will destroy the economy and cause some real problems. All right. J.P. Morgan, excuse me, J.P. Morgan and Blackhawk. They have decided that they are going digital. Blackhawk being one of the largest companies in the world. Blackhawk or Blackrock? 
Black Rock. I'm sorry. Can't read my writing very well. Yes, thank you. <laughs> well, Grandpa, yes, you know, we understand it. You might well, see, put took... those little peepers back on and and uh, maybe you could read it a little better. <laughs> yeah, I hate glasses. I really yeah. do. But it's warm in here so they don't fog up. Yes. J.P. Morgan and BlackRock. Now, Citigroup went to a digital currency six weeks ago. Now, it's J.P. Morgan and BlackRock. They're going to basically, when you give them money for a deposit, they're going to digitalize it. So the cash you gave them is theirs, and the digital currency is theirs. So they're basically going to be able to dictate when and if you get money, what you're going to be doing. But anytime you get one of the largest banks in the world, and you get one of the largest companies in the world working hand in hand, that makes me nervous. We already know that Jamie Dimon is selling off a million shares, 10 million shares, whatever. We find out that Mr. Bezos of Amazon fame is selling millions of shares of stock also. They know things are up. They're going to make a quick buck. They still have plenty left, so they're not going to starve. But you have to wonder, they know what's going on. Don't we have laws against insider trading? Yeah. Evidently, we don't because our Congress is doing this stuff all the time. But anyway, the market's going to tank. I mean, the CBDCs are slower than we thought they would be, but they are being put into motion. We have um, JP Morgan. We have Citibank. For some reason, Wells Fargo is further behind, and I thought they'd be one of the first. Um New York Mellon is a little bit slow, but they're coming along. They're all going to be basically hand in hand probably in the next few months. And then they're going to have the control that I don't know if we're going to be able to fight it or not. Yeah. You know, Fed now, I thought we'd be able to say yes or no, but they made us choke on that. Yeah, I mean, I want to push back a little bit on, uh, you know, the fact that we thought it would, you know, the digital CBDCs would be rolled out by now. I've never said that from the very beginning. I've talked about how I do not envision a time when the government announces that you must now in, you know, engage in and sign up for CBDCs. I think there's going to come a time when it is mandatory, but it's going to be preceded by or precipitated by an economic collapse. That's what I think is happening. I think there are just too many problems in America for them to you know, inst institute it the way it has been in other uh, less democratic and less free countries. So when we talked about Fed now in the past and, and in chapter in the chapter in my book, Spirit of the False Prophet, where I address this, I've always been careful to point out it's coming and it's going to play a key role in the tribulation period. And it may already be in place before then, but it's not going to be the kind of thing that all of a sudden one day the president with the treasury secretary gets on national TV and announces effective next Tuesday at 5 PM, all your cash is gone and you must now use digital currency. I think it's going to start with, with it being optional. They're going to use a carrot. They're going to entice people in with using it for their social security or their retirement or whatever it may be. But I don't see it being mandatory and forced upon the people in America anyway, uh, absent some type of you know cataclysmic end of the world as we know it scenario where they use that as the the savior. They say, oh, the economy's class, we're all in, is crashed. We're all in shambles. The only thing we can do now is reset and start out with a digital currency. At that point, and we could still very well be here if, if when we get to that point, uh, no guarantee we're going to be raptured before then, uh, then I think that's when it's something that's going to be a reality. But I just, I want people, at least in my perspective, I don't have a crystal ball, but I, I don't want people worrying because I get a lot of emails about this, you know, what are we going to do if they start making me 
take my social security checks in digital currency. What should I do? I just don't see that uh, as happening, you know, prior to some major event. And when the major event happens, it's not going to matter. We're going to be dealing with day-to-day -day survival. And that's why you need to be prepared. And you're not going to worry about some of those other things uh, that people bring up. Well, and it's a good point. CBDCs, I know they're coming. I don't know when, just like you said. I tell you what, though, I am much more worried about the U.S. government nationalizing the debts, everything in the country, property, and then putting us, us on a universal basic income. There are more cities across the United States. They're doing that with every month. That would be a way to control everything. Here's your money, and if you misbehave, you're not going to get your money. But when you look at a $291 trillion debt or whatever it was when we looked at it, the only way you ever satisfy something like that is you declare jubilee, which they're not going to do, or you take all the property and you own it all, and then basically you can start over. Now, I don't trust our government any further than you do, and I know they have something up their sleeve that they're not letting us know. But I, I, I do see someday, you know, when the FDIC had their meeting a year ago, they made it very obvious that some Friday afternoon there were going to be some big changes taking place. So look for it. I don't worry about it because I have done the best I can to get read, or ready for everything or anything that happens. If I missed it, well, then God's going to have to take care of me. And I am reasonably sure he will do that. I'm pretty sure he's capable, don't don't you think? I, I think so. I think of anybody that knows what's going on, he does. But it's really interesting to see how, how things are playing out. Because when we talked about this a year ago, when we started, we didn't worry about CBDC and all of that. We were worried about COVID. We were worried about what the Russians are doing. But it's just to keep adding more and more and more to the point where you can't um, even keep track of it. Now. The wars are going to bankrupt a lot of countries. They This has bankrupted us. I mean, I don't know how many billion total we've given to Ukraine in one shape or another. We're going to give, uh, we give Israel 3.8 billion a year in foreign aid. We're gonna give them another 14.6 billion. And what I'm wondering is where, where are we getting the money? We sold our bonds, nobody wanted them. We had to buy them back. So we're behind the eight ball there then we're given more money that we will never get back. And it's like, when does somebody say it's over? You know, we look at, we listen to our government and they're telling us we don't have any troops in Israel. I will guarantee you we have special ops forces in Gaza assisting the Israelis, all right? We also have 2000 soldiers guarding the nuclear plants and the nuclear warheads in Israel right now. Now, they don't want to admit that, but it's a fact. I mean, you don't have to do a real deep dive to find that. Um, I think there will be a major attack against Lebanon and Hezbollah, Syria, Iran, etc. There have been 61 attacks against U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria in the last 30 days, 45 days. That a lot of servicemen hit. We're starting to fight back a little bit but they're waiting for something. I don't know if they're waiting for the Israelis to engage Hezbollah. I don't know if we're looking at it like we want to get into it with Iran. Those kind of things are not, not clear, but we keep moving troops in there every week. 
So it's going to heat up. I listened to the battle scenes this morning, saw a bunch of B-52s taking off. They were scrambled. Uh, I don't know where they were going for sure. But in the background, you could hear automatic weapon fire. And it wasn't like pop, pop. It was just like, boom, da, 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 da. I mean, there was a major battle going on, but they don't tell us about that stuff, right? So do you think, Randy, do you think that, and I know this is totally speculation, but you you study a lot and you kind of have your finger on the pulse of military uh, actions and so forth. Do you think we're headed towards a, a draft? Are we going to see them ne- needing, because you mentioned how we don't have quite the standing army that other countries do. Are we going to, if this thing continues to spiral, are we going to have to institute the draft? Well, let's put it like this. The uh, enlistment for all branches of the service are down. Nobody wants to go and fight. They're not paying them enough. So either they start taking us old duffers and women, or they're going to have to have a draft. Now, for the millennials and the Generation Zers, there's going to be a massive collapse. They, you know, We're going to have to increase an island where we can put them all because they don't want to fight. They don't want to work. Um, we are in worse shape than we've ever been as far as the military goes, there will be a draft, but it's, there's going to have to be something major happen. Be, have it before our election next year, yeah. because whoever puts that into effect is not going to be reelected. Hmm. That I'm pretty sure of. Well, all right. Um, what's next? Anything else? Yes. One thing, because we pretty much covered the uh, important stuff. All right. Exactly 60 years ago, President Kennedy was shot, assassinated in Dallas. Now, I have been following this because I remember in school being told that as we got onto the bus. I have been following this for 30 years. The stuff that's coming out now is almost bizarre. We have a Secret Service agent saying he found the pristine bullet on the seat in the car and laid it on the stretcher. Now, this pristine bullet that supposedly caused injuries to everybody, um, nobody ever knew where it was uh, located, why it was on the stretcher or anything else. But would you tell me why Secret Service agent waited 60 years to all of a sudden have information on them, all right? We now have better acoustics, better filming. We also have a uh, film similar to Zap Ruder coming out that supposedly shows gunmen along the grassy knoll behind the fence. All right. President Clinton, President Trump, everybody said we're going to release the JFK information that is still in the archives. But yet we have 14,000 pages left. They don't want to let it out. Somebody asked Trump, why didn't you go ahead and declassify it? He said, if you would have seen what I seen looking through it, you wouldn't declassify it either. What does that mean? What does that mean? Are governments involved? Well, we pretty much assume that right now. We could be wrong. But as I look over these films every year when all of this comes out, I listen to the testimony. Um, I look at the films. I want to see the new film. I believe it's a name of the family was Hicks that did the recording. And it's been disappeared for 40, 50 years. So now that'll be coming out. But when you look at President Kennedy in the motorcade, 
if you have ever shot a gun, if you've ever been hunting or anything else, you can debate this with me if you want to, but you can tell that the first shot evidently came in through the back, went through the neck area, because he's holding his neck like this, and he's bent over. As they move towards the underpass, all of a sudden, his head jerks back. Now, if you slow this video down and really look, you can see part of the skull and part of the brain matter exiting the back of his head. Now, when a bullet goes in, there's a small entrance wound, not about the same size as what the caliber of a bullet is. When it exits, it leaves a mess. And I can tell you from looking at the um, videos and looking at the autopsies, I can tell you right now, the shot that killed him through, or the shot through the throat did not kill him. The shot to the head did. Now the um, doctors and, you know, the Secret Service guys are saying, well, yeah, we had so much of his brain in our hands. We knew he was dead. All right. Okay. Well, we, we've kind of figured that over the last few years. But I want to know what's in that 14,000 pages. Yeah. Why are they still keeping it classified? Yeah, it's it's a it's a amazing anniversary 60 years ago. And by the way, you said, you know, we could be wrong. No, we're not wrong. It's a it's a fact not in dispute anymore. Ever since the House <laughs> Select Committee on Assassinations uh, reopened the case and looked into it, they concluded once it once a real investigation took place and not one that was rigged from the start, uh, that absolutely it was a conspiracy. Um you know, there's different people involved. We, we we have clear evidence the CIA was involved, to some extent, possibly the mob. There's a great uh, deal of evidence out there. I've got, I'm looking across my uh, office here at my shelf of all my JFK books, and there's stunning evidence about LBJ's involvement. Uh, so no question that it was a conspiracy. It was not a lone gunman. Um, you know, all the details we may never know, but all, all that we have to do to prove the government is lying is show that the government's story is false. Uh, you know, it's kind of like with all the other false flags out there. I touched on this a brief, briefly at the outset of my message on Sunday about can you take the government at its word? No, you can't. And when these presidents that get selected, like Carter and Reagan and Bush and Clinton and uh, Trump, and they promise on the front end, oh, I'm going to disclose all the info about the UFOs, or I'm going to disclose all the info about JFK, and then they get in and they don't do it. What more evidence do you need that they're controlled? I mean, you're the the leader of the free world, the highest office in the land, the chief uh, military officer. You can do whatever you want. And yet the fact that somebody is telling them, oh, not so fast, uh, you're on a need-to-know basis, Mr. President, and you don't need to know, that ought to tell you right there that this is uh, a rigged game. So I've been listening to a brand new podcast. They've only had two episodes dropped so far. But it's uh, Soledad O'Brien and uh, Rob Reiner. Both of them are progressive liberals who I can't stand their politics, but they're hosting this and and uh, on the JFK assassination. And it's pretty fascinating. As people that were involved get near death, like E. Howard Hunt, for example, uh, on his deathbed, and he confessed uh, to being involved. Uh, and uh, St. John Hunt is now out there, his son, you know, uh, sharing and, and speaking on the circuit about the conspiracy. Uh, or the Secret Service agent or others, when they get near their deathbed, suddenly they they get a crisis of conscience, because sadly, most people think that you get to heaven because you're 
honest or you're moral. And so they, they want to clear their conscience and think that's going to get them into heaven. And so they, they, they come clean. And that's what we're seeing happen. But we have way too much evidence out there to equivocate on whether the government was involved or not. They were involved, period, full stop. Yeah. And if you do a, di a deep dive, I can tell you right now, you're going to find some stuff that's going to just give you chills. Because I found a video of Lyndon Johnson moving down inside of the plane. When he got to Mr. Dulles, he looked at him, smirked, winked. What, what is that? I mean, what did he just say without saying it? You look at how the FBI and the CIA covered up doing the autopsy in Texas. You look at where the different bullets were placed. There weren't just three bullets. There were four or five bullets. If you listen to the tape and you listen to the other testimony, the ones who really knew something, they didn't even interview. They said, eh, we don't need your interview. How about all of the people that have died that had information and they die in car accidents, they die by suicide, you know, the old Clinton type of execution. My main point is, if our government is so corrupt that they take out the president of the United States and they can hide that for 60 years, you know that they are capable of anything. Yeah. Always remember that the government is not your friend. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Dulles, that, that's who ended up, you know, which whom uh, Kennedy fired uh, CIA director or what was called CIA. Uh, and then they put him in charge. LBJ put him in charge of the Warren Commission uh, investigation. I mean, talk about the Fox rule, you know, trying to help uncover who killed the, the hens. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And then later on, I think it was back in 2015, it came out that Dulles had uh, visited LBJ's ranch in, in Texas just three weeks before the assassination. Uh, so, I mean, Dulles was 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 dirty. I mean, there's a lot of dirty players. A, a conspiracy of that level takes a lot of planning and a lot uh, to, to bring about. And they had multiple plans, multiple uh, geographic locations where they were trying to do it. But they wanted to take him out. No question about it. And um, people need to understand that there are rogue elements inside our government that kill for sport they they do not have the slightest problem killing because their father satan and you know whom they worship and get their marching orders from is a killer jesus said he comes to kill steal and destroy he was a murderer from the beginning he loves death i talk about this in my spirit of the antichrist books on the depopulation agenda and the eugenics agenda so i know it's it's sort of difficult for us to come to grips with because of the cognitive dissonance there, but we need to break free from that and realize there are some pretty evil people that will not hesitate to do evil things. And it's a good reminder. I'm glad you brought this up on the 60th anniversary here of uh, JFK's assassination. Well, the thing is, I look forward to the holiday season every year, but something is telling me, and I don't think it's paranoia, that this may very well be the last Thanksgiving and Christmas that we have like we have. We may still have it, but we may not have food. We may not have money. I hope the good Lord takes us before that time. But I think the change that we all fear, uh, because we don't know what's going to happen, I think that's going to take place. And like you said before, 2024 is going to warm up. Mm. 2025 is going to be ugly. Yeah, no doubt. 
Well, uh, happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Uh, thanks for letting us give you a hard time. Those of you who may not know what the inside joke is there, we got an email from a listener one time who referred to Randy as a, a grandpa. Who She said she pictures him kind of salty, wearing a flannel shirt, sitting by the fireplace ro- in a rocking chair. So uh, we got quite the chuckle out of that, and we're getting a lot of mileage out of it. But uh, Randy, thanks so much. And reminder, we'll post this video portion of the audio just so you can kind of see uh, Randy and I as we're interacting uh, to our premier subscriber section. Uh, and that's a great deal, by the way. You get all kinds of extra content. You get access to the private Zoom sessions where we'll take your questions and even bring on uh, high-profile guests to, to, to interact with. Um, not for everybody. I get it. And we still have all of our podcasts for free and all of our resources for free. We have a whole free re- resources section on our store, which, by the way, if you go there to check out the Premier subscription, uh, while you're there, download all the free resources there. Lots of great material there at no cost whatsoever. Uh, but for those of you that are interested, uh, you can uh, click on the Premier membership on our store. And uh, for a small monthly fee, you can become part of that group. And we'll post that one here uh, later today. By the way, once it's there, it's that you have access to it forever. So even if you decide to join next month or first of the year, you can go back and watch uh, archived uh, videos. So, Randy, happy Thanksgiving, my friend, to you and your your family. And um, you we'll too. look forward to connecting again uh again next week and uh happy thanksgiving to our listeners you know be sure and tune in first thing tomorrow by the time most of you wake up we'll have it posted my special thanksgiving day podcast with a dear friend as we talk about a grateful heart and you'll love uh getting to meet uh, my good friend pastor paul van noy so god bless everyone enjoy the rest of the day and we will uh, talk again soon